everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're on episode 310, an update episode. Yeah, 310. Here we go. Updates. We're going to talk about what's going on in our life, what's going on in the reselling world at large. We're going to give you some uh, smoke and fire hot bolos. Is that, smoke is that and what fire we settled hot. on? Uh, I, I guess so. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy bolos. Sweet. So anyways, a lot, a lot of good stuff in this episode. There's just a lot of recap of what's going on with us. And this is what we love. This is what I love about the podcast is that w- I hope we never approach it like we're some gurus talking down and saying, hey, this is what you should do to make your business successful. It's just Mike and I just sharing what we've been through. Right. And you take away what will be successful for you. And then you go, you know what? Ronaldo and Mike are probably wrong on that. I'm not going to do that. Mm, and yeah, I'm OK with that. Yeah. So, you know, what? well, I'll start. I'll start off a little bit. So. I got to tell you, it's been an interesting, interesting last few weeks as far as sourcing, like opportunities keep coming up. And Mike will tell you, this is, I don't know, did we talk about this in the last podcast? So we did our whatnot auction. Mike will talk about that a little bit. But, you know, it was like five hours. And so, you know, uh, Mike became really familiar, familiar with my place, right? Because, you know, I had to I had to take him to different rooms where I had to store some of the stuff and kind of show him my inventory process. It's a funny thing. Mike and I are so busy that literally Mike and I, the only time we hang out is on the podcast most of the time. Yeah. Like, well, we'll hang out like at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. And, and, but if you think about that, like that, maybe that's normal, right? Like, you know, a couple hours a week. If we were spending yeah, yeah, more yeah, than yeah, that, yeah. like that's a little, that might be excessive. <laughs> wow. Okay. So anyways, no, no, but, but it was funny because I, you know, as we're walking through everything, he just keeps looking at stuff. He goes, got a lot of stuff. Yeah. I said, have you ever stopped to consider that maybe you have too much stuff? Yeah, so. And 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 his uh, argument was, was I think, spot on. It's true. It's like, this is his inventory. I mean, you wouldn't go to like an Amazon warehouse and be like, you have too much stuff that you're selling, right? The, the reality is, if the stuff is selling, it's perfectly fine to have more of it, right? Just keep keep it as much as you can have. Uh, but but uh, I mean, your model, you're, you're in between, I think, that stage where you could like potentially go to like a bigger storage, yeah. not, not like a crazy, not like a 10 by 20 here. storage, yeah. but like a, like a real like storage. Yeah. Like facility. warehouse kind of deal. Um, and, but that would be the overhead for that would be so excessive that you would, you'd have to be more and be able to go fast. So you're like in that in between stage on that. So if you're living like that and you don't have, I mean, some people, you know, land is cheap. You got, you know, lots of uh, sheds in your backyard and it's easy to handle that. Uh, but you know, where we're at land is a, a premium and housing is stupid expensive. And being that you're a bachelor, you can kind of say, you know what? I don't need all of these rooms to be like yeah. functioning as like a quote unquote normal house. And I, now let's be real. There's only really, okay. On a good day, there's only two rooms that are really being used for eBay inventory. There's the podcast room here where we do the podcast and I do have some storage in here there. We, I do have another eBay room and I have a shipping room. So all my shipping supplies and then the, and the garage and, and the garage. And is the shipping room what you also consider where like a lot of that other stuff was in? Yeah. 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 So there's literally, there's literally like, I would say at least a hundred pieces of inventory in the rooms that he's not using for. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So things have gotten kind of crazy because I've had some major hauls this summer. I had, 
uh, two major halls, a whole house. And then I had, you know, the eBay store that we bought out. And so that's still taking up a lot of space because uh, we are going to do another auction. We'll talk about that a little bit here. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's but it's one of those things I get can't let it stop me. But you're right. I'm in this weird in between stage. But what's fascinating to me is it's kind of, you know, you ever heard the story of, you know, if you want to have big fish in a fish tank, you have to buy a bigger tank. Mm -hmm. Right, because because the size of the tank limits the the size of the goldfish, which is actually not true. It's not true. No, I thought it was true. No, 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 it's not true. Okay, anyways, but that's but what I feel. Good, like. It's a good metaphor. But I've only been here a year, and if if You've Mike, if you remember, to fill the space. If you remember when when you, we first were doing the podcast in here, we had a lot more like empty space. Yeah, yeah, it's a sign of growth. That's a good thing. It's well, hopefully, as long as the sales are coming. Yeah, through. as long as the stuff's moving. So yeah, I've been sourcing. I mean, I even went sourcing the other day in the rain and it was it was kind of nice. I went to this estate sale at like 11 a.m. And there people weren't really going. Mm. And I go and it was 50% off everything. And then on top of that, they're just like, we're making deals. Like they even put it on their paper. So if you saw the Instagram uh, story for 25 bucks, I picked up like five gun holsters. There's money in leather gun holsters. So that's a bolo right there. Probably should have kept that for have the some of those. Section. So, oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, weightlifting belts. Um, <clears throat> what else did I pick up? I picked up like a Gucci dust bag. I picked up some Bergano shoes. I picked up basically probably, I would say, inventory that would cost me like $100 at the thrift for 25 bucks. Right. So I, I really do believe people are trying to move stuff. And I've said this for a while, but I, I do think, we, and I'm going to, I, I could be wrong by the time this podcast drives, but I don't think we've hit peak inflation. I just don't. I just, in my own personal experience, I mean, I know I can do say silly things like, do you know that McDonald's soda is now a dollar eighty nine? Yeah, it went from a dollar to a dollar eighty nine. I, I don't go there, but I'm not surprised. But like overnight, yeah. So I, that's just a small, like, my new anecdotal example. But I do think that people's ex you know, costs are going up. Gas is going back up. It, it dipped for like, I don't know, three weeks and now it's going back up. So I do believe a lot of people are just saying, you know what? I don't need this stuff. I'm willing to unload this stuff. I do think that uh, estate sale companies are recognizing that buyers like resellers have a lot of options as to what they buy. And so they're willing to move stuff for cheaper. At least that's my experience. Uh, last two, three estate sales I've gone to, they're usually ones that they're pretty like stiff on the price. And then I've just said, Hey, can we just work on this price? And sure enough, they've dropped the price. Nice. Yeah. It never hurts asking, right? It never hurts to ask. And so I see that consistently. And, uh, but along with that, I've also, <laughs> as far as uh, the eBay algorithm, I really do believe the algorithm hates the returns and maybe it's just me, but I've looked at in the last six months, the the moments I actually looked at my data where I had really low sales. It's when I've had higher return rates and not super huge return rates, but I just find that it just slowed down as, and as soon as all those items are returned back to me and I refund everybody, things get back to normal. So it's been interesting. Now, one last thing and, and I'll, I'll catch up on Mike, Google images. Have you used Google image search? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, what do they call it? Lens? Is that yeah, the, uh, whatever it yeah. is. And I know I'm, I'm late to the party. I'm like probably like five years late or something. But I, so for example, I've picked up probably 50 briar horses. Nice. But, but those things are a pain to identify. Yep. 
a pain. Like there's a site. Everybody's like, oh, go identify your briar. So I've been on there and it's like, look at the legs and then look at the mane. And like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. no. The, like, the, those kinds of sites are very helpful and useful for like collectors who are into the hobby. And they're really because they know they know the terminology. They know what categories they should be kind of searching. So that's easy to do. But if you're just the uh, the, the one off person that's getting one here and there. That's not going to be as useful for you. Yeah. So I eventually got tired of it. And I just, I, you know, I, I downloaded the app, the Google app on my phone. And cause I'm a, I'm an iPhone kind of guy. Wah, wah, wah. And, uh, I used Google image and it was so fast. Like granted, did I still have to identify some of them? I did, but it quickly gave me like keywords. And so I probably cut my time in half. And now when I go sourcing, when it's like a lot of stuff, and I really don't know what something is called. I'll just pull out that Google image and right away uh, I'll be able to, you know, know what it is. So if you haven't tried out Google images, I know I'm sure there's something scary. Like it's going to steal your information. It's going to catalog everything you source for whatever reason. But yeah, because if you use Google, if you use Google to store your photos, they have access to all your photos. Yeah, I think that happened. The same thing happened with, uh, with iPhone, though, too. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, he just like dropped that. That in was there. a whole release that came out, but um, yeah. So what we're specifically talking about though is the image lookup. So don't you're not using images to search yeah, for I'm, images. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. No, no. What I'm saying though is um, just for those who maybe don't know how to use that. When we say Google Images, so Google Images is the title of like when you're searching for an image. Mm-hmm. Like, but if you're using a taking a picture to search for something. That's um, I think it's called Google Lens or like that's a like an image lookup as opposed to Google Images. So uh, don't get confused. What we're talking about is literally you can take a picture with your camera and then it'll come up with options for you. Yeah. Or you can it'll take up pictures of other stuff and so on. I mean, yeah. it's definitely and it's again, it's just a Google app. And, you know, if you can see it on the YouTube, it's just on the side. It's so on the camera. search. Yeah. You, you push the camera. So you got like a microphone option. You got a camera option. Yeah, and it'll, yeah. It'll look Google Lens. It, yeah, that's, that is what it's Is called. that Google Lens? Oh, yeah, Google. Google Lens. Google Lens, everyone. All right, Mike, what's going on with you? Uh, man, crazy, crazy time for sure. So we had that awesome uh, whatnot haul. Extravaganza. Yeah, we had the eBay, eBay haul where we bought an eBay store. And then, um, you know, if you listen to our last episode, we talked about it briefly. Uh, so I don't want to belabor the point and go into over and over. I don't want this to be the new fifth wheel story you know where everyone's like you're still talking Listen, about you just the, had a couple people still, hate on you for the talking fifth about wheel. the uh, fifth wheel like yeah well I, I sold it and made a bunch of money okay and that's what i do as a reseller so i talked about it but anyways um <laughs> what if that person's still listening to the podcast well now they know um i don't i don't apologize for talking about the fifth wheel there, there it is um so we bought an ebay store and we were able to basically get it at rock bottom prices. And so Orlando and I are like, we split the cost. We're like, what do we do with all this stuff? Cause it's way too much stuff. Neither of us have time or energy right now to add all this to our inventory. And a lot of it is stuff that we would, both of us would love to have in our inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, okay, we have two options here. One, we can like go through and like really figure it out and then try and split it, which is like a little bit challenging or let's just throw it all up on whatnot. And we totally underestimated. Um, I think the, the size and scope of what a whatnot auction would be for the inventory. Cause you were like, I think it's like 500, 600 items. I think we're looking at closer to like seven, 800. And it's a lot of items. It's a lot start, of stuff. Including all was, those, yeah. the small things. Maybe, maybe it's not, we had a four hour auction and we got through, we sold a hundred five hour, was a five hour, five hour auction. And we sold 139 items. That's it. 139 items. And we only had like two that didn't sell. So we only were able to like present like 140 some items total. 
in five hours. But we, okay. I, I, but I will admit, I've watched a lot of one night auctions and you and I were just like engaging with everyone. Like we were having a conversation. We were joking around. Like I've seen but other one nights where they- a certain amount of time though. They do, but I've seen others where they crank like three to 500 in them on a time, well, but, but they're just business the whole time. But even still, you would have to have the, uh, the, the time. Cause if you, if you're setting 45 seconds, it takes at least 15 yeah, seconds. I see so you're, you're looking saying. at minimum a minute per item, mm-hmm. plus the amount of time that it takes to actually get it all set up. And then if anybody starts bidding it up at the end, so you're looking at probably a minute and a half, two minutes, if you're going as fast as you can on items. It's true. It's true. So okay, a valid get, point. Yeah. You figure you're all of a sudden getting to a couple of hours easily just there. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was, it was a beast. It took a lot of time for us to, to get through that. But it was a lot of fun. It was fun to talk. Thank for you five to everybody hours. that showed up. Yeah, with a lot of our listeners. Speaking of which, if uh, you missed that one and you're like, "What is this? I, I missed a whatnot auction uh, from Pure Hustle Podcast, and they were giving away stuff at the dirt cheap prices." Yeah, we did give some. We, deals. I mean, we pretty much started everything at like anywhere from one to three dollars. I think there was only like a handful of things. We're like, let's start this at eight, but that was like a really nice jacket or something like yeah the, one of the fails was a vintage t-shirt that oh, i was yeah. attached to that i started at 30 yeah everything else <laughs> was like all right put it up for two dollars put it up for two dollars and so i mean obviously people bid to what they felt was an appropriate amount to pay for it but people were getting steals on a lot of things you know so um if you felt a little bit like you missed out you don't have to feel like that anymore because this coming monday the 19th i think it's september 19th okay. so this coming monday um what are we going to say? Like 6.30, we'll start it? Something like that. 6 yeah. to 6.30. Six, we'll, we'll drop it eventually. Yeah, we'll on drop the social. information. So make sure you're following us. But yeah, 6, 6.30 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and we are not going to do another five-hour auction. We're going to handpick the things that we... We didn't even look through most of it. We're going to look through some more stuff, handpick some of the best items we can find in there. Uh, and then we are going to be, again, for dirt cheap prices. So if you haven't uh, signed up for Whatnot yet and you're interested, we have a link in our description. Now, if you sign up for the, using that link, you get $15 credit that you can use towards any auction. It doesn't even have to be ours. Just buy something. Uh, it's $15 credit you can use. Uh, but definitely feel free to use it on our auction. Um, and if you are a whatnot you know, person already, you already have an account, you're already buying stuff, then you can just make sure to follow us. Check us out on Monday and we'll be, uh, we'll be selling some more stuff. That'll be sweet. All right. So I know we may drop a YouTube video, but to talk about why the aftermath of the beast. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple parts to it. So my wife was there um, behind the scenes oh, yeah. and she was extremely she was incredible. Helpful. Um, so part of it was she didn't know. And then when I took over, I didn't know there was kind of, the way we were trying to run it. Uh, it took a couple of them to figure out like, okay, here's how you search the item. Cause we pre-made items. And like, let's make sure like we're putting enough detail in an item so we don't lose it. But uh, so once we kind of got through that, my wife was really good at organizing everything. So like, Things were either shirts or jackets or sweaters or shoes or hats. Like they were a certain item and then they were put into piles numerically in order. So item one was at the bottom, item two. So shirt one, everything was organized. And then when she left, um, it's just Orlando and I running the show. And somehow we added a second sweater category. So there was sweater and then there was sweater with a capital A in there for yeah. some random reason. Like, you know, like the meme where it's like, it's a sweater, know, right? Yeah. Um, so we had that. And so then we had like sweater one and sweater one. And it's like, oh my gosh, which sweater did they get? And then we weren't like, we were trying to put them in the right piles, but then there was a, a point where they were just going into like a box and we were putting, we just tossed them in a bin and, and we were we were putting like uh, the the labels on them, just like a little like uh, a, a sticky label of like what the item number was and what it was titled on the auction. 
And then as we're pulling these things out of these boxes, so there's jackets and hats and shoes and all this stuff in this box, labels are falling off. And we're like, oh no, oh no. Oh, why didn't my wife have to leave? You know, she had to go take care of our kids. So it was not a big deal. We, we figured it out. We had to reorganize it. My wife came over and then my wife and I spent a bunch of time literally just organizing all the packages. Like this goes to this person, this goes to this person while Orlando was packing. Uh, and then we left early and Orlando was a trooper and stayed up late and, and finished packing. Um, or woke up early for you, whatever. Either way, I, you so continued packing the rest of the I continued. I got to a point where I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just done. Now, the scary part was, do you remember where you like you pack it and you print the label and it doesn't tell you that you printed the label? Oh, yeah. That was that was kind of annoying, too. So, yeah, we would we would we had them all organized and I started to like, OK, while you're doing big ones, I'm just going to start packing some of these smaller ones just to get them out get the the well on whatnot. When we would print the shipping label, put it in, put the invoice in it still was showing up on our total order as if it was a sale that needed to have an invoice printed. So like we had no way other than to literally write down the order number, the person's name, and then just cross check our own list. Like, okay, do we need to pack this one? Uh, Nope. I wrote that person's name down. Okay. Go down to the next one. The whole time there was no efficient way of doing it. Um, So it was, it was a little bit of uh, of a nightmare. And part of that, I'm going to say 99% of that is user error on our part, just figuring it out the process. It's like anything like when you first learn eBay and you're first doing packing, and you're first doing shipping and you're first sourcing and taking pictures, you're going to make a ton of mistakes. Not, And you might think like, oh, this is so hard and it's not efficient. Well, a big part of that is we just don't have all the systems in place yet to make a huge sale like that as efficient as possible. But the more we do it, the more we kind of figure out, okay, like this is how we would do it better next time. Here's how we'd make sure that things stay organized. Here's how we would maybe I'd export things to CSV on a Excel and then keep track of which orders are done and which orders are not like there are things you can do. We just didn't do it. And so that's part of the learning process. And that's what uh, is kind of fun about reselling is, you know, you can obviously make huge mistakes. Luckily we didn't make any huge mistake where we like totally messed up somebody's order and sent the wrong stuff or couldn't find it. Or we didn't have any big mistakes like that because we're experienced with shipping, but uh, it, 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 it could happen to somebody, but, for the most part, the mistakes you make are small enough that you can learn from them and you can grow. So yeah, it was a ton of fun. And I'm really glad we did that because um, one, it took a lot of energy to do. Um, we were able to make a little bit of money, recoup the cost of what we bought the store for, plus make some money, which I really needed right now um, because I'm, I just moved. I talked about the last episode. Uh, so we're temporarily moving like like for like a 10 month time frame uh, to another place until we can ideally buy a house and we're just kind of waiting on the market. That's really what this is right now. It's like, we're, we're t- trying to time the market and have the money we need to move and keep our costs low. So we're moving for 10 months. And so we just moved when you were sourcing in the rain, I was moving in the rain. <laughs> yeah. So I moved in the rain, everything except for my eBay store. My eBay store is still on my, on the other property that we were at, um, in the shed, which is a bummer. I'm losing the shed, which, you know, it is, I still made, I still broke even on the shed. I'll talk about that on another podcast. I'm sure. So you still have the shed? Well, the shed is on the other property yeah, yeah. on my on my in-laws property, but I'm not going to be able to use it once we move the stuff oh, yeah, out yeah, of yeah. it. Change so I'm I'm, I'm going to lose the structure of the shed. Okay, okay. Um, but I still saved money if as opposed to if I was using a storage unit that whole time. So it it still works out. But we had to put our eBay store on set on a vacation mode because with a move, trying to help our parents move, trying to deal with two children and my wife is pregnant, it's like we and I'm on like the second week of school right now. So it's like, there's just, it's so yeah, much, going, so much on going on that it's like, as a part-time reseller, I had to go to, I had to go to basically say, I'm putting this on pause for a little bit. And 
this maybe can be even kind of like my random story as it were um because i don't have like a specific random story but it, it just got me thinking that there's a there's a difference between uh being part-time and being full-time but i think you have to you have to consider it from both sides because I think it's easy for people on one side or the other, whether you're part-time or full-time to kind of look at the other and say, well, it'd be easy if, right? Or mm-hmm. it's easier for you because, but the reality is I had the freedom being part-time to say, because I, I make enough on my eBay store and I've saved enough and I'm trying to be wise with my money and frugal with my spending that I don't need eBay to make any money for the next couple of months. And I'm going to be more than fine because I've made enough on eBay over the course of the year already. So I don't need to make a ton of money on eBay for the next month, which I think I'm going to take at least two weeks off. Um, And you can't do that as a full-time person. However, at the same time, I wasn't able to say, you know what, I'm not going to go to my full-time nine to five job for the next two weeks or three weeks. So I'm still working. If this was my full-time job, then I would have fit in the move and doing eBay as if I had a full-time job too. So it kind of goes both directions. So part of me was like grateful for the fact that I'm part-time. And then the other part of me is like, but if I was full-time, it it wouldn't be much different than the fact that I have to deal with this move. I have to deal with a pregnant wife and children. And then I have to drive to work in the morning and go work for 10 hours, right? So it you could, you could figure it out either direction, um, but it is kind of, that's one of the reasons that we do tell people when you're first starting out, do part-time as long as you can until you know you can't do part-time anymore. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. good enough. You have the inventory and you're like, there's no point in doing part-time. I can do this full-time. Um, but you need to know you're there and it might take a couple of years before you're at that point. Um, but you need to be able to experience, Hey, can I go on break? Cause then if you've done it full-time long enough, you can still go on, you go on vacations, you take a week off here and there. Um, and you're still yeah, able to I, make I mean, work, I take so. a lot of breaks yeah. I and mean, I do travel a lot. I travel more, now as a full-time reseller than I ever did when I was in education. So yeah, yeah but I do hustle a lot. Yeah. Now something you brought up, you know, not, you're not worried about eBay the next you know month or whatever. Part of that too is the whatnot auction. You know, I yeah, think, and that's why I said that was yeah. I was glad I was able to do that. But the reason I bring that up is you know my opinions changed on whatnot. So early in the a few earlier months back in April, May when I ran some auctions, kind of was like I don't know, like everything's really. I can't sell stuff at a premium. I, you know, I can't, it's not like eBay. Uh, and it's, it wasn't worth my time. And I think at that time it wasn't worth my time, mm. but I think buying this eBay store at a very economical price, mm-hmm. definitely, I think changed my mind because it allowed us, we've already made our money back. We've already made profit on top of that. And I, I really, really believe that if you're able to get consistent, cheap inventory, not, and not cheap, not meaning like, you know, like Alibaba, like quality kind of stuff. I'm talking about like, you know, vintage goods, stuff that people want. You could very much like run five, you know, run five one out auctions in a week and you could take the month off. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there is I think there's the potential of having that model. On the other end, you can also source things off of whatnot. I mean, people I'm pretty sure <laughs> some, some of the major buys that we had, like somebody I think paid, dropped like 200 something dollars on everything they're going to five X that money easy. Right. And so I think there's plenty of opportunity to source. And this is why I'm, I push our credit, not just because we get a kickback, but I really do believe like it'll get you, you know, you spend that $15 and you know, you got to pay shipping too. You could turn that around into profit, right? Who knows what you can find out there. I mean, some of the stuff we started at a dollar and just went to like $3 or $5. Some stuff surprised me. It went to like 20, 30 bucks, you know? 
Uh, and and here's the thing. I, I really, I, I mentioned before, I think that whatnot is taking a huge chunk of eBay uh, market. Um, what do you call that? Market share? You know, the market share. And I don't think that's going away. I'm not sure why eBay is not pushing this. I, you know, well, let's say, let's put it this way. Maybe once they get, you know, immediate payments figured out, maybe they'll do this. Yeah. But well, and that's the thing is like you've made comments in the past where you're like, eBay's still the big dog, and uh, things like Poshmark don't even, they're not even like, oh, really I agree continue. with that. But, but the thing is, the reality is, each one of these little things, because I, I would say Poshmark is probably making a bigger dent in the total market than right now than whatnot is. Um, or, or pretty I, close. I don't know. If you look at the gross is... sales. Well, I mean, you're, I think we, we don't know because the numbers haven't come out. Right. So, but I think, I think you're kind of going off of like anecdotal experience. But I think if you were to do gross sales, I would imagine right now um, that, that like something like Poshmark is probably beating whatnot. Maybe not. I could be wrong. Um, but the point I'm trying to make though is a lot of these companies come in and they're taking, they're taking uh, horizontal chunks out right like one of them comes in and takes the clothing market one of them comes in and takes maybe like vintage clothing and collectibles market and somebody else comes in and, and takes uh another category and something like poshmark what what they did tried to do which i, I would saying ebay needed to figure out was they figured out to an extent i don't think they did it well but the almost blending social media having an mm -hmm. account having followers um, getting people into your store, getting people like in, like watching your stuff specifically, because if eBay could have maybe introduced that a little bit and, and figured that out with eBay, then something like, Hey, now we want to do live auctions. Well, I've already got like 2000 followers on my store that like my stuff. And now they're getting a blast that I've got an auction going on. Right. So I think had they have jumped in and said, we've gotten all of these uh, horizontal chunks being taken out of our company, like we might still vertically be the biggest company, but along the way, like these, all these chunks are coming out of other companies are figuring stuff out and they're doing it maybe better. Um, that had eBay said, maybe we need to figure out a little bit of adding the social media factor in here. But they did. That's the thing. eBay had mentioned this, like in their, in their report to investors, I believe back in Q1, this was part of what they were going to do. And the, and the reason I, I bring this up is because live streaming sales is blowing up in China. So in China right now, okay, in 2022, the total revenue of Chinese e-commerce live stream is projected uh, to reach uh, 180 billion with 660 million viewers. Okay, the, the figure is expected to further grow to 720 billion in 2023. And it, it, I see these guys on TikTok too. I mean, they're like 24-hour streamers. Mm -hmm just auctioning just stuff off over and over and over and over again. Right now, as of 2020, there are at least 123 million uh, professional live stream hosts in China. That's pretty, it's pretty intense. That, that's, that's huge. So if that comes to the U S you know, I'm, I think right now, what not, so what not's in this, you know, beginning stages, right? I mean, I know they've been around for a year, but you know, even that shipping issue that we talked about, mm -hmm. You know, that it doesn't clear that up. Even, you know, they, for example, in the last month or maybe last two months, initially when you were trying to set up stuff for a store, you had to, you could only take pictures, live pictures to upload. Now you can take picture, all the pictures at once, and then you can go back in in your camera roll and upload those pictures. Right. So they're, they're adapting, they're learning. I just think, and I keep saying this, like for whatever reason, I mean, eBay is doing some great things. Like they're doing authenticity guarantee on sneakers, on purses and all this stuff, watches. 
Um, you know, the, the send offers was one of the big ones in the last couple of years, but I think live streaming, I, again, I was opposed to it four or five months ago. And I think there's still a lot of things to be worked out. Like no one wants to sit through and, you know, I mean, people were there with us for yeah. five hours yeah. because they just, you know, it's, 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 it was a great time it, of hanging out. It's a different clientele, right? And that's yeah. part of the thing is each of these, the reason these companies can do so well. And I, I want to clarify, I said it backwards. Um, the, uh, the various other smaller fry and I call them small fry, but the smaller companies, Poshmark, Etsy, um, Depop now, whatnot. These things are taking vertical chunks out of a horizontal. It's like eBay is very horizontal. It's very wide. It's yeah. covering lots and lots of categories. And then another competitor comes in and says, Hey, yeah, you have auto parts and you have used clothes and you have new clothes and you, like you have all these things, but we're going to come in and we're going to sell we're going to sell uh, collectible action figures and we're going to do it better. And we're going to have a fun way of doing it. And they come in and they take a big chunk of that specific market out of eBay. And so they're coming in and taking vertical chunks out of this horizontal company. And so part of it though, is I don't, I, I think there's, go, there's going to be a trend towards some of these live auction things. I definitely think, but I don't think it's going to be the number one way people buy. I think, I think there's going to be a small percentage of people who like and enjoy this and they're going to get hooked on it and that's how they're going to shop. But like, it's not going to replace Amazon. It's not going to replace the way people buy normal things in the same way eBay that sells a lot of things new. And people are still going to say like, hey, I'm looking for something to buy somebody for their birthday. Maybe I'll watch seven hours of auctions to see if this specific card that I'm looking for shows up, right? Like, so it's going to take specific people are looking for things like whatnot. And um, I think there's an audience for it, but I don't think it's the broad general population audience. So do I think it grows? I definitely think it grows. And maybe over time culture starts to shift and more people are like, I don't know what I want for my, what well, my grandkids should get for their birthday. I'm just going to watch what not ad. And then I'm going to, Oh, that that's what they, that's what they're getting. Right. Maybe over, over decades and generations, that's the way people's minds shift when it comes to buying stuff. Uh, but I think, I think there's just going to be a small percentage of the population, which when you consider in America, 300 some million people, even, even a very small percentage of that could be spending millions and millions of dollars yeah. so it's 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 significant for sure all right so uh just a, a quick random story just to reiterate about leaving business cards so kind of crazy if you cat uh my uh our instagram stories over the last two months i've been to the same house twice and in this house they had a bunch of vintage toys and the first time i went <laughs> it was kind of it was one of those where not only did not they not have things priced they didn't even know if they wanted to sell all the stuff. Mm. So I, I would bring out something and they're like, uh, yeah, I don't want to sell that yet. Or I'd bring out something. I don't want to sell that yet. And then other sellers would be on there and, uh, they, other sellers would be uh, resellers would be at this garage, the garage sale, let's see, whatever you want to call it. And they would be denied too. But I was like, you know what? Eventually they're going to want to get rid of stuff. Cause the garage was so stacked. You can't even walk through stuff. So I left my business card. I show up a week later thinking that by now they're ready to sell. Sure enough, same story. I left my business card again. I don't know where today. So I teach homeschool classes and I get this random message. In the, I teach three in the middle of my second class and I have a 30 minute lunch break. So they're like, hey, at one o'clock with the dumpsters coming. And it's like 11 something. And I'm like, oh, man, it's going to take me 16 minutes to get there. That means 16 minutes back. But my lunch is only 35 minutes. That means I have 32 minutes to close it, to make it and close the deal. 
So they message me. I show up. I take off. I dismiss my students. I go. And all I here's the thing. When you do a book buy, all you have to see is a few items that are, are worth it. Right? So I saw some vintage Transformers. I saw some vintage Star Wars. Not vintage like 70s, 80s, like 90s. 90s Star Wars toys sell. It depends. Don't pick up the new unpackaged like Mace Windu and uh, Queen Amidala. Like, I don't think those figures go for very much. I think I actually have those in my own collection. But there's some other stuff that's so money. So I just saw a few and I knew that they wanted to get just get rid of the stuff because the dumpster was coming. And I, I'm pretty sure if I said like 20 bucks, they would have been like, sure. So I broke my own rule because I was in a hurry to get back to my classes. And I just said, how about 50 for all of it? And they're like, sure. And they're like, hey, we have more stuff. And so they're supposed to reach out to me with more stuff. But I quickly, one of the items I'm going to be able to sell for 50 to 60 and everything else is going to be profit. And, and Mike saw it. It was like a ton of toys. And so I should do well. So always leave your business card. It's good. All right. Hey, if you haven't been following us yet on, uh, on uh, well, not following us, but haven't had a chance to support us on Patreon, uh, yeah. we, we always appreciate those of you that just for five fifty five a month, you've been helping us keep the lights on, helping us pay for the equipment, helping us, you know, be able to take some time aside from uh, reselling. And along with that, you've been able to uh, get on the Discord and the Discord's growing. Uh you know, we're getting new members uh, every week and uh, and more knowledge. And it's, it's pretty awesome because, uh, again, it's not the Mike and Orlando show. I get on there as much as possible and answer as many questions, share as much bolos, interact with as, as much as I can. But, you know, people have different hours. People have family obligations. And what's kind of nice is that if you want to lurk, you can lurk. And there's a ton of info on there. If, if you want to ask questions, there's more people than Mike and I, uh, that can definitely help answer your questions. And, uh, you know, I, Mike and I talked about this over the last week, Mike and I are looking to even upgrade the discord, not the price, but the discord, like make it organize it even more as we're growing, uh, provide maybe more like areas that you can, you know, look for the information quickly and find information, but more importantly, just be part of a community and thrive and engage. And so if you haven't yet had a chance, go to our, our link below or go to patreon.com slash Pearsal Podcast. Sign up for five fifty five a month. That's about like 18 cents a day. And guaranteed within a day or two, you gain enough knowledge that you're going to be like, well, what is $5? Yeah. So, so appreciate all of you that support us. And on social media, if you haven't been following social media, make sure you follow us. We're Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. We're PearsalCast on Twitter. And here, let me give you an example why it's important to follow us. So on Friday, American Bowl Boy reached out to us. Joel, <laughs> I hope I, Joel, Joel, Joel reached out to us and uh, he's like, hey, Orlando, uh, you know, we appreciate everything you're doing and, you know, uh, we're, we're going to be dropping deals here soon. And sure enough, they posted on, on their social media that they were doing, a, I think it was like a, uh, yeah, it was like you can buy all this bubble wrap for twenty five dollars. That's okay. a lot of bubble wrap. It's four hundred square feet of the large bubble wrap, and so they had a they had a coupon code, and it wasn't just exclusively to us. It was just you know, it just wanted to like give us a heads up. And sure enough, I was able to post, and within the hour, it was only an hour window, right? I shared it on the Discord, shared it on Instagram, shared it on Twitter, and. 
everybody was able to get on that deal, got that deal. So if you haven't followed us on social media, you never know when the deals are going to drop. You never know it's going to be important stuff. So uh, make sure to check us out there. And then also, if you ever want to give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Shoot us an email, purespodcast at gmail.com. That's purespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast and never seen our beautiful faces or mugs, whatever you want to call them, jump on over to YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell notification, know when videos drop, especially our Monday minisodes, and smash that like button. And as always, thank you to all of you that continue to leave incredible reviews on iTunes. really helps us out. Gets more listeners uh, to the podcast. All right, I'm ready to talk about some random talk and the random some reseller topics. Some uh, some this is this is called reseller news or whatever you like to call it. Something interesting is going on with a voting machine. We have eBay open, no instant payment yet. Pirate ship priority rates go up, and FedEx is on the brink of collapse. All of this and more. Voting machines, man. We get accused of being political. Here we go. <laughs> no, but this wasn't. This wasn't political. I mean, I well, it might be, but uh, it's crazy. This was uh, by it's several news outlets report on this. So on NPR, uh, a hacker bought a voting machine on eBay. Here's a crazy story about it, though. They bought it from Goodwill Online for seven ninety nine, I guess, plus shipping. And then they wow. and then they sold it, and somebody bought the voting machine for twelve hundred dollars. So why am I sharing this? Not for the political aspect of it, but for the aspect that this is why we tell everybody to start on eBay. You can sell anything on eBay. Yeah, you can sell a voting machine. This was a Dominion voting. Machine. <laughs> Just go into it more. Uh, so they said. Uh, um, Anyway, okay, so he forked over $1,200 in an effort to clarify, clarify any lingering questions about the image cast X provenance. He sent an email to Michigan's Secretary of State office alerting them of the deal. So after he bought, he's like, hey, by the way, I got this. It's something he does whenever he buys a device online, he explained. It's a good thing he did. They didn't know a device was missing until they started looking to see if there's a missing machine. Okay, I'm assuming this guy collects uh, voting machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As I say, like every time you bought a device, I'm going to send an, um, a no, letter no, no, no. to the government. Well, the news just story just calls him a hacker, but yeah. you know he does something with voting. Uh, they didn't know the device as of Wednesday. The machine was still in the same unopened box that arrived nearly two weeks ago. Her said he's waiting on the FBI and other law enforcement agency uh, to pick it up. Oh, he says he's waiting uh, to find out it was stolen, but. The, the amazing, imagine imagine stealing a, a, a machine like that and being like, I don't know what this is. Just drop it off at Goodwill. And Goodwill being like, I don't know what this is. Put it on eBay. He did, but that's <laughs> what happened. It's sold on eBay. Uh, so there's a there's a if you Google, I think there's like a video, there's a whole interview with the guy about the guy that you know picked it up at, at Goodwill. And then again, so two things. Shop Goodwill. Who knows what you'll did find? You just say shop goodwill. Yeah. Oh my gosh! The podcast, the podcast has changed. <laughs> I just, I did just You're over here promoting Goodwill. No, but it's it's funny because there's a guy on TikTok. I don't know who it is, but I, I scroll through it sometimes. But he he shares about like, wow, Shop Goodwill has this major thing that they're trying to sell, and you could probably triple the price. And I'm like, why aren't you buying it? So he just shares it, and I go to the Goodwill site, and it's there. Now I'm never gonna, and I'm not gonna buy a high end thing to triple in price. Uh, because I always believe that there, there's like I don't trust the store that shall not be named. But uh, hey, if you need a voting machine again, eBay is a great place to start. You can sell anything on eBay. Well, and it's also interesting the fact that I mean, there's the, the hacker, but 
Um, I think the the person who um, who sent to the government, if they're buying devices like that, there's somebody who collects voting machines. So there's also like if you're finding random things to sell, there is somebody who's into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> if it's like it, it could be it could be anything from uh, uh, I don't know what, what what what's it called? I totally forgot. Like when you've got the the animals that you embalm. No. Oh, uh, taxidermy. Yeah, taxidermy. It could be taxidermy. It could be clothes. It could be shoes. It could be a voting machine. Like it, there's, there's somebody who's collecting it. I think crazy. as a teacher, I would have loved having that voting machine. Just a piece of history, like yeah, you know, from whatever election. I mean, I can imagine there's a ton of people who would like to have you know something like that in a museum or or something like that a collection. But uh, it just that's it's a funny. I think it's a funny story that that that, that kind of sounds. All right, what's next? We got here. Um, eBay open eBay open is next this week. The, is this the eBay open? That's online kind of in person, but they don't really want people to come in person. <laughs> Did you say well, you're the one that told me like eBay open? Was it not encouraging people to go? No, to it wasn't video? me. It was, okay. it was one of our listeners. Oh, one of our listeners. Okay. So if you haven't, I, I listen, I, I can't wait till eBay opens like eBay open. Like it used to be in the good old days, but I definitely encourage all of you to go and sign up. I think there's a lot of valuable stuff. Uh, it's three days. It's September 21 through 23. We are not paid by eBay, by the way, to push this. I just think it, it's it's a great place to grow. And they have here's here's what I liked. When I went through all the speakers that are going to be there, I probably recognized maybe three people outside of the eBay execs like Jordan Sweetum and, uh, and Leon and, and some other people. I only recognized like three people. Like they weren't YouTubers. Right. Pure as a podcast wasn't there. We weren't invited. Craigslist Hunter wasn't there. You know, Rally Roots isn't there. Uh, but they're just to, I, I think it's good to hear from a lot of people. I always mention that there's a lot of people behind the scenes that are great resellers that we never hear from. And so I think it really would behoove you, uh, especially since a lot of it is online, to maybe just have it play in the background. And maybe there's something you like now. There are events here that you there's times and like you can network with sellers and so on. And there's a couple other things too. Uh, there's eBay Open Studio, so I'm going to that next week in LA at at the Hudson Loft uh, on that 23rd from 11 to 2:30. So and maybe I don't know, maybe we'll hang out with some people after 2:30. Maybe grab a late lunch or go sourcing. I don't know. I think that'd be pretty cool. I got the day open. Uh, for that. So hit me up when we're up there. Uh, and then uh, there's one in Austin, one in New York uh, City. And then there's also like watch parties happening. So this is interesting. Uh, so, for example, there's a let's see, there's an Ohio watch party in Akron, Ohio. There's a Denver watch party. There's a Colorado Springs watch party. Uh, there's the one in Chicago, Fort Lauderdale, Rockland, Las Vegas. There's just a bunch of them. Here's so, what I want. I want footage from the watch parties. I want to see. I want to see <laughs> if this is like like three people in a room watching Zoom around a computer together, or if this is like oh a whole bunch goodness. of people at like a bar with like a giant TV and everybody's like <laughs> hanging out. Like, yeah, here comes the next speaker. Like, no, that, I, I can't I'm imagine what these sure watch that's parties. Not what's are. happening? Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, is it is it is it the the three people around a computer, or is it like the big event, like with a big screen TV and sound system, and like someone like hosting it and games being played like what is a watch party i want to see if you're attending a watch party and you're a listener of peerless podcast get some footage and then uh describe in the comments below what it was like at a watch party i just think it's a great to network with other resellers it is it is great to net- network with other resellers i'll give you that um so yeah. i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to, to 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 down it um i'm just this is one of those things where it could be really awesome for ebay or it could be a total flop and people could be like 
what were they thinking doing it like this? And yeah. we won't know until it happens. I'm just easy. glad they did the hybrid. I'm glad they had the eBay open studio. I think it'll be, it'll be good. Uh, so uh, no, another thing, this is what I think will be interesting. eBay has not come through on the instant pay. So will people ask those questions? I will ask that question. Because I'm one of those guys that likes going to these and asking the tough questions. And so I'm hoping I, I'm hoping it comes uh, maybe by the end of Q4, but it's been, it's been a lot of time, right? I just, there's just a, some things I'm just like, can we, can we just resolve this? So anyway, that I'll end with my rant there. Okay. This is good news. Let's talk about some good news. Let's do it. So we all know eBay, we all know shipping rates go up during the holidays, mm. but pirate ship is coming through. Now maybe eBay is coming through, but pirate ship officially announced they said uh, most priority mail rates will not get holiday increases on pirate ship. Nice. So they said by using pirate ship, the holiday increase will not apply to all priority mail flat rate envelopes and boxes. Most priority mail regional rate boxes up to zone six. And most priority mail cubic and weight based shipments up to zone six and 10 pounds. I'm going to, I'm going to write some copy for them for their, for an advertisement. I don't know. Maybe they're really good with like themed advertisements and like messages that go on like pirate. Theme. They need to do something like, Ahoy, we've dropped anchor in this storm of inflation and we're not going anywhere. Prices are going to stay. There is no perfect storm. Prices will stay steady as we hold anchor here. You know, something like that. Like that would be, that would be pretty what if, Like Johnny Depp, like he pulls it, like he gets sponsored by his ship and he doesn't add, you know, that would get eyes on. That'd be good. And then also his, uh, was it Dior Sauvage, the cologne? He's like spraying that and he's like what? shipping price. Okay, Cause he's the one that, uh, he's, he's the guy that, that, that is their, their main spokesperson. That is true. That is true. So anyway, so I encourage you guys, if you have not checked out pirate ship, definitely check out pirate ship. Again, we're not sponsored them. We don't get anything from them. Love to be sponsored by pirate ship. Uh, but if, you know, if you're shipping stuff out, I think it'll only take you like, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but we should, I almost feel like every time you say not, we're not sponsored by them. Um, we should just say that about like everybody like, so Amazon is really cool. You should, we're not sponsored by Amazon. No. Uh, FedEx is, oh wait, we're not sponsored by FedEx. All right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. We're just talking about pirate ship because it's a good feature for you. It is. We'd love to be sponsored uh, but, by, we're not sponsored by Amazon, but we'd, we'd love to be sponsored by Amazon. <laughs> on, on a practical level though, I think you'll be able to figure out real quick if you're saving money on pirate ship by just the first few items that you're shipping after October 2nd. And then after October 2nd, you'll go, okay, maybe I need to go to pirate ship for this, or maybe I just stay on eBay. So definitely check it out. Cause sometimes you think you're getting a better deal on pirate ship, but it's just the same thing as eBay. So we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Yep. And uh, then, uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're going to, we're going to call we're, it there. We're going to skip the FedEx one. Well, okay. So I don't know if this is fake news, Right. Because the other day I saw a news story like UPS biggest strike of the century planned yep. for next year. So what, why, why are we talking about this now? Right. So this other story is FedEx uh, delivery network and a few news stations reported on this daily mail, CNN uh, FedEx delivery network is on the brink of collapse because rising costs have pushed contractors to brink of bankruptcy owner delivery truck fleet warned. So basically a lot of these, a lot of the FedEx ground stuff that gets shipped, FedEx doesn't do the final delivery. Usually they're a small business contractor and they do the final leg. And so what they're saying is because of gas prices, because of wage increases, like we need the costs of FedEx to go up so we can keep running our business. FedEx is trying to keep it down. And so a lot of these companies are saying, we don't know if we can continue doing this because of inflation. 
Yeah, no, for sure. It's got to be hard. And then also too, part of the thing is rising costs. And then FedEx kind of has a reputation. Like we, we like the fact that you have FedEx and UPS as an option, right? The mm-hmm. two are kind of similar, um, similar enough. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's, it's like Lyft and Uber, right? Like they're, they're, they're basically the same thing. There may be minor differences here and there. Uh, but I think a lot of people have experienced a lot of negativity with FedEx and and maybe it's opposite. Maybe your experiences have been perfect with FedEx and bad with UPS. But I, anecdotally, most people I talk to, it's like when there's issues with shipping, a lot of times it's FedEx. So one of the beautiful things about having an option with two private companies is you could say, well, I'm going to UPS then. And so not only is, is rising costs going to be an issue for a company like FedEx, but that's compounded with the fact that uh, they are, they've got to be losing some of the market share. And so if they're not having... If they're not having money coming in and prices are going up, that that is a recipe for disaster. So, um, but what I don't want to see is I don't want to see one of the two options collapse and then you're just stuck with now UPS. And of course, you got USPS, but that's like a different animal, right? So I, USPS has been pretty rough lately. It's too. been pretty rough, yeah. So what I want to see is I want to see two thriving alternatives, right? Like if you have two thriving alternatives, then that's going to drive prices down and it's going to drive service quality up. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to see FedEx collapse. I want to see FedEx pull out of this somehow. Uh, and I want to see I want to see them and UPS continue to develop competition and create a create a system where we as the people shipping stuff are going to get the cheapest prices and be able to choose between which service provider is going to provide the best. And they're fighting for that. They're fighting for that. Hey, who can who can be cheaper and who can be fastest and who can do it without any problems? And that's going to be ideal for us. So I think I think the the long-term impact if FedEx does take a huge hit and goes under, I think then that that that, that creates more problems for us as resellers than, than it could possibly solve of saying, well, FedEx had issues, so good riddance. Yeah, I just, I, I have concerns. I, I, I do think overall, like, we're going to be okay. I think there's going to be another competitor. Look, we're all going to make it, man. If you're, if you're a pure hustler, you're going to make it. We're going to make it. Peach, pure hustle podcast, you know, pure hustle packing. Yeah, we'll have our own delivery. We're all going to make it. So anyways, I I just think this Q4 will definitely be very telling. So, all right, that's our reseller topics. Let's talk about some. What's your bolo? Yeah. All right. My bolo is uh, an interesting one. So I've talked a lot about like miniatures. Uh, In fact, some of the toys you picked up were miniatures, right? You picked up some Mage Knight. I was talking to you about those a little bit. Um, so I've talked a lot about like gaming miniatures, uh, and I've also talked about models. I've sold some model pieces here and there, various types. Um, and I sourced something recently and I was pretty excited about, um, and, and I totally forgot, like, as I first see this, I know the brand, I see the brand. I'm like, I can't remember, is this a game or is this a model? And so I had to do some research, uh, but the brand forces of valor and it's mostly models. I think some people mm-hmm. might play some games with it. So the scale is like 132 size. Uh, pieces and they're they're typically like World War Two, World War One, various wars, and they are models that are like typically when you think of models for like war stuff, you're thinking um, like planes and tanks, which they do have. And the crazy thing is, if you look up Forces of Valor on eBay on the sold listings, you're going to see some of their tanks going for like nine hundred dollars. Yeah, like I'm seeing get, some of them are some are crazy. Yeah, like, thousands. Like, like there's a German German King Tiger tank for twenty one ninety nine. Yep. And that's sold. Yeah. So, so some of these tanks can be very expensive, but one of the cool things too, is they have like in packages, like people with like lots of little things. So like people will set up dioramas of, of, of war, like they'll, they'll recreate war scenes 
um, on tables and some people do it as games. And I think the quality and the types of pieces for gaming miniatures are a little different than like the model ones. So model ones are going to already be put together. A lot of times the war gamers, they, they paint and assemble their own pieces. These ones are already assembled. Uh, so it's relatively small items that are easy to ship, but the potential profit is there. Now, the hard thing with things like this is if you're going to a collector, if you're going to somebody's garage sale or you're trying to buy it on Craigslist, and somebody spent a ton of money on like World War II models and they've kept them in their boxes, they're, uh, they're probably know they're worth money and they're not going to sell them for dirt mm. cheap. But you can keep your eye on them because sometimes these things end up at thrift stores. Sometimes I've sold, um, and, and I remembered back because I had sold some Forces of Valor tanks um, when I first started reselling uh, from a thrift store. And I picked these pieces up at a thrift store and they were open boxes and some of the pieces were in different boxes and they had to like remove, like, put the, everything in the right stuff. And so that they, they were sold as, you know, open used. And I had to take pictures of all the pieces that were with them. And I had to do some research to figure out which went which. And I was selling some of these tanks with the men and stuff that went with them for like $70, $80. And I picked them up for like $2 at the thrift store. And wow. so you can I always thought like force of valor as a force of the valor. Mm -hmm. I thought they were like Walmart brand toys. No. And well, and so that's the thing is there may be um, <clears throat> some like offshoot plastic, but if you're getting metal miniatures, and you can typically tell if they're high quality. It's like detail. Like detail is the key when it comes to miniatures. Okay. Unless you're looking at like vintage. Some vintage stuff, there's like very low detail because they just didn't have the technology. Uh, but but if if even older stuff, if it's big, like a tank or a car or a plane, especially if you're looking at people, you're looking for like high quality detail. And there's a huge difference between like a Walmart plastic toy of like army men stuff versus like a model quality <laughs> or like a gaming quality miniature. And the only thing I could suggest is just hold one or two and look at a couple of them. Like if there's a game store around you, like a comic book store, go and check out some of their like miniatures, like their Warhammer. I've talked about that game. Mm -hmm. um, now forces of valor, which isn't necessarily a game, but it's, if you look at these pieces, you can tell like, Oh, there, there's definitely a difference in quality in this, even though it's still just a piece of plastic, like Warhammer is crazy. Like they're literally selling pieces of plastic that should be like a couple of dollars toy at Walmart. And they're selling for like $80 for the box. Yeah, so they go the for in, insane amounts. So, um, but, but there is a quality difference as far as like the, the, they were the way they're sculpted, the way they're printed, the way they're, um, the way they're, um, you know, sometimes they do force injection or they do metal molding and the, the quality is there. And if you're a collector, um, there's, you want all the same. That's the other thing too, is if you start collecting and you're doing forces of valor style, 132 size, then you can't all of a sudden switch to a different brand and get different models. Like, Oh, I'm going to get the Germans in like a different brand because they're going to be slightly off size wise. These people have way bigger hands and heads than these people. And that looks weird. Right? So you people, once they get into that collecting, they'll do whatever it takes. Oh, that whole line is out of print. Now what do I have to do? Well, I've got to go onto eBay cause I want to finish this diorama I've started. So yeah, that, that kind of happened with one of the briar horses I sold. I, uh, I use item specifics and I put that it was, uh, I, I just cop borrowed it and the size it said it was 12 by six and the one that sold was three by four. Mm. And so I had to message him like, Hey, give you a heads up. This is three by four and not 12 by six. And they're like, Oh no, that's the one I've been looking for for so long. And mm. you know, they dropped 30 bucks and they paid like $40 global shipping. Nice. Right. So the same thing with forces of valor. Like yeah. if people are looking for it, they're going yeah. to want to buy it. Yeah. Once you're, once you're into something like that, once you're into a hobby like that, you either get out of it completely or you stay in it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like those okay. are the two options on that. And so people will go all in. So yeah, 
thrift stores potentially these things end up at. And the reason they end up there is because people are cleaning out their kids' rooms or, uh, or unfortunately, things like a death. And so that's why estate sales are another good place to look at for things like this. Because it's like, I don't know, my dad collected all these weird toys that he set up in the basement and they're all these army men. Like, I don't care. Give me a price. Right. And then you're able to pick up big collections. But if you don't know to be looking for these, um, you know, you, you might just totally pass and be like, there's a box of toys. But if you see a couple boxes of like forces of valor stuff or a couple of the pieces out, you can just ask like, hey, do you have more of this? Because chances are if somebody's collecting it. Oh, yeah, there's a whole box of those somewhere. Let me go look. And then there might be an, like you might be able to buy out a big purchase because usually somebody doesn't have just one of this model tank. If they're spending hundreds of dollars on a model tank, they are collecting the set. Yeah, agreed. Now. My bolo, uh, it's funny, we're like becoming a toy podcast, but... Uh, Which is very unusual. We don't do lots of toys. No, but I'm telling you, I'm, I've been shifting, right? I've been shifting more collectibles. And this $50 purchase of all these toys, uh, I knew that some of them were money. And it goes back to when I was in Wisconsin this past summer, uh, a family friend, um, she took me to their thrift store and like the thrift stores to go to. And in it... Uh, Jessica does a great job of finding stuff that I can't see. And there were some transformers and she's like, Orlando, do you think these are good? And in my mind, I'm like, nah, but they were like 75 cents or a dollar. And sure enough, I picked them up and it was like an Optimus prime from like the two thousands, like the dark moon edition or something like that. And it was another, like a rhino one. And, uh, one sold for 30 something. Another one sold for 40 and the, and the third one sold for like 40. All right. So I paid like $3 and I made like hundred dollars. Net profit. The only part I didn't like was I had to watch videos on how to like build them and you know like go from the. So you're watching like the, kid kid videos. No, no, these are how, no, these are full grown collectors. Yeah, and so I'm kind of like I'm learning more, and so I, I go and you know when I bought this, uh, there were some I started going through it, and there are some transformers from like the late '90s. And usually, I think of vintage toys. I think of '80s. But 90s is vintage. Early 2000s are becoming vintage. And sure enough, like one of the collections was like a Beast Wars collection. And one of the pieces went for 60 bucks. I had no idea. This is why I just dropped a, a, a dollar amount, not knowing what I was getting. But I knew I could at least make my money back on some of the Star Wars stuff. And sure enough, very profitable. So the big thing is, you know, whenever there's those bags at the thrift store or maybe at a garage sale, people like just lot lot up all the like the transformers into a bag and they're like, just take it all. Like do a quick look up. It doesn't hurt you because again, if you can get it for super cheap, like you gotta balance your time, right? <laughs> if you're if you're not too keen with uh transformers, spending 45 minutes trying to, you know, put one into a robot and turn it back into whatever it's supposed to be, maybe it's not worth your time. But if if you're able to, you know, quickly do that and you can like list like five of them, right? And you only paid $5 for the five and those five can turn into $150 after an hour of building them, taking pictures and listing them. It's a hundred something dollars an hour. It's it's definitely worth your time. So that is my Bolo not so vintage uh, Transformers. Yeah. All right. Hey, something that has been uh, great for us and we haven't mentioned it. Well, no, we did mention this is American Bubble Boy. American Bubble Boy. And I got to tell you, this is some quality stuff right here. Yeah. I mean, uh, in fact, our, our listeners. sound for the some ASMR? Yeah. Maybe maybe we start an ASMR podcast. I can't even pop it. There you right go. Now, right now, we are, uh, we're going to go ahead and pop some bubbles. <laughs> we are popping bubbles. So anyways, American Bubble Boy. 
Best product out there, out there for bubble wrap. Best shipping. Free two-day shipping. You can get next day shipping. You can get local pickup. Definitely the best deal on bubble wrap out there. Quality stuff. This last round, I bought a bunch of the bigger bubbles. Uh, and it was a great deal. So if you haven't checked them out, go to our link below uh, for American Bubble Boy. Helps us out. Definitely will help you out because you'll get that great deal. And it's quick shipping. The next day, I got this next day shipping. I ordered this bubble wrap on Friday during the time of the deal. I got it Sunday afternoon. Nice. That was nice. fast. It's fast. So check them out. All right. What are you looking forward to? Um, I am absolutely 100% not looking forward to moving my inventory uh, from where I'm at to where I'm at. You know what I mean? Where it was to where yeah. I'm at. But uh, I am looking forward to it all being... So there's like a uh, like a covered patio that's been enclosed where we're, where we're just moved to. And we're going to kind of turn that into our eBay room. And okay. so the fact that I can open up the door from my kitchen, walk out and see my inventory, take some pictures, pack some stuff, and then ship it instead of having to like get in my car, drive down a hill, around a corner, up some crazy off-roading to get to a shed to like do some weird 20 point turn to turn around at the shed and drive out and back to my house. Like it's enough inconvenient that I just didn't. I didn't ship and I didn't list as much. Well, I shipped every time something sold. So, yeah, yeah. but I didn't, every time I was like, some people would ask questions and it'd be like, what size is this? And I'd be like, oh, it's a $25 sale. I'm not even going to answer. <laughs> like, it's not <laughs> worth it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but now when I can just open up a door and go out there. So I think even though I'm putting my store on vacation mode for probably a couple of weeks, uh, I think once I kind of kick back in, I think I'm going to be more, more efficient than I was before. So I am looking forward to that. Okay. What about you? So a few things. Um, I'm looking forward to the whatnot auction. I had a lot of fun last time. It was, it was such a good time. Like seeing everybody in the comments. I wish you could like do like zoom during the whatnot auction. That would be cool. Like people can chime in people are like, I, I don't know. It just, I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But so whatnot, if you're listening, let us, let us be the ones that pilot that. <laughs> Not sponsored. All right. So, but we'd love to be sponsored. Yes. Uh, I need to organize my workflow right now. My workflow is crazy due to all the inventory I've had where I used to take pictures of stuff has moved to another room. Uh, if I had to do Amazon FBA right now, I probably have a breakdown because I, I have no, I don't have a space for it right now. And yeah, my living spaces are still my living spaces, except for the one night auction, part. <laughs> but my dining rooms, Half of it's still my dining room. My living room is my living room. My bedroom is my bedroom. My kids' rooms are their kids' rooms. Laundry room is a laundry room. Bathrooms are bathrooms. Like everything is good, but I have to, I need to reorganize my workflow. And then last of all, I go back and forth. I keep telling myself I'm not going to do any retail arbitrage for Q4, but I feel it calling me. And so I'm going to do a little bit of scouting. I have not been into an off-price store, I think, since February. So I'm going to step back in and, and see maybe if I'm going to go that route in Q4. Think about it. Q4 is less than a month away. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. So anyways, hey, thank you all of you that tuned in. We talked about so much. Hopefully you're able to gain uh, some things that will definitely help you in resale journey. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Late. Peace.